This well, meeting is being recorded. Welcome into the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Yes, you heard that correctly. This is no longer the Degress podcast. My college roommates, recurring guests, and most importantly, my friends, Grant Caster and Ethan Price, they've been promoted from recurring guests to co-hosts. Today is April 28th, 2022. Overall, episode 20. As we start this recording, the Twins have extended their winning streak to six games after beating the Tigers tonight, the Bucks have taken care of the Bulls 4-1 to in the NBA playoffs, and the NFL draft is upon us. Grant's rocking his Chiefs gear. Ethan's got his Vikings attire on. I've got my Des Bryant Cowboys jersey on. We're going to attempt to solve every NFL team's problem with our mock drafts. If they listen to us, they're guaranteed to finish better than they did last year. And if they don't, well, that's the bed they made. They're going to have to lay in it. So, Grant, Ethan... Welcome in. What are we drinking? Ah, I got I got a couple. I got a little bit of wine and some uh, some whiskey on the rocks. So we're gonna have a good night. Got a pizza in the oven. Okay, there you go. And I don't know if you guys can hear it, but on my mixer, I have a booing option. And for you, Grant, I did boo when Ethan said he was drinking wine. Oh, good, because we all know wine is trash, and uh, wine belongs in the garbage. Just remember, you're not better than us. They're grapes. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, so pound on by feet, stepped on by bare feet. So pound on salt. Um, and as a former offensive lineman, I think it's fitting. I really don't have anything to drink, but I do have a uh, box of Cheez-Its <laughs> um, and a, uh, a North Face water. So uh, I'm ready to rock. And like you said, to make North some Face pizza. makes water now. Oh, well, North Face water bottle. Uh, oh, okay, water. Water. Okay, Excuse okay, me. So like you said, we're ready to hydrate and uh, make people lives lives better. If they uh, if they choose to listen to us, and if they not, well, they can just get fired and be unemployed in the NFL market for the next year. Yeah, you took my line. I was going to say we we could be saving some guys' jobs, but we're going to try, and we get nothing, and we get nothing for it. No, well, who knows? You never know. Anything could happen. So we'll so. start NFL draft going on. It's going to be taken in Las Vegas. Nothing bad ever happens in Vegas, especially after a Pro Bowl or any time anybody with a lot of money is there. Uh, we'll, we'll start, uh, Jacksonville for picking first for the second straight year Jaguars. I have them taking, uh, the edge from Georgia, Trevon Walker. I, I want it to be Aiden Hutchinson, but Trenton bulky is a, he's more of a risk taker. He likes to take the guys with a little bit higher upside, a little bit more risk reward. I think that's why he goes with Trevon Walker and, Jaguars, we'll see how it ends up, but Trevon Walker is the pick. What about you guys? Grant, you can go. So I'll, I'll start, like Ethan said. And first off, I just want to say I hate the word edge. Um, they're either outside linebackers and a 3-4. They're defensive ends and a 4 th- or defensive ends and a 4-3. They set an edge, but they don't play the edge. So I just want to get a little sidebar in there. I hate that word edge. That, that pisses me off, but we're going to avoid that. And uh, so my mock here is based off what I would do, not what the reports say. So uh, I'm going to go with another player in the Southeastern Conference uh, from a different team, but Evan Neal from Alabama. You take Trevor Lawrence, you need to protect him at all costs Um, because without a quarterback, you're dead. And in today's world, like I said, these pass rushers, they don't care if you have an all-pro left tackle. They'll go hunt on the left side of the defensive end. And with Cam Robinson signing him today, to a new three-year deal. I think if you take Neil, you got your book in tackles, hopefully for the next at least five years, you can keep Trevor Lawrence upright. 
and you re-sign Brandon Sheriff. You got a good um, start of the offseason there. And Evan Neal can play both left and right tackle. So, like I said, I say you take Evan Neal and keep quarterback upright. Yeah, I would. I I, I don't. I I would I want to probably it. too. Yeah, it's. I mean, the Jaguars. They're picking one for a reason. They have plenty of needs, so you can't. Whoever they pick, there's a lot of good options at one. So Neal is definitely one that should be considered. And who knows, they might surprise us. I I, I agree with Dylan. I have Trevon Walker going there, but I, I feel like this might be one of those smoke screens we hear about every couple of years, where they right before the draft you hear these names come up for the top pick. Like like last year it was Trevor Lawrence. Like we all knew that it didn't matter. But like two years ago, like we had no idea. It was like it was last couple. Like there's been a couple of those in the last decade where you have no idea. I think and then some name appears and it doesn't happen. It's it, they just draft someone completely different. So I, I kind of agree with, I have Walker, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was the Neil or the other tackle from NC State at Iguanu. I don't know if I'm saying his name right or not, yep. but I, I feel like this Walker talk just might be a smoke screen for someone else, but I don't, I don't even know if it's Hutchinson either because there has been like zero chatter, I feel like lately. Yeah, it's interesting. And then, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what they're, they've been kind of quiet, which, Sometimes that's normal, and then sometimes you hear it, or there's the, just the obvious, like the previous two years, whether when it was Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence back to back years. But yeah, this year it's it's one of them what they would consider low talent. They've compared it to the 2013 draft where there wasn't, but there were a lot of Pro Bowlers in that draft. It was a very weak quarterback class, but the as far as skill guys and other players in that draft there was a lot of talent that ended up going through so they, that this could be a similar draft and uh going number two well, and two, you know re- real quick dylan when you mentioned that 2013 people say 2013 was a quote-unquote you know bad draft because your first quarterback was taken at 16 yep you know and i know you need a quarterback to win but you know if you can't protect your quarterback and if you can't attack the other team's quarterback and what's there a lot of good in this draft people who can protect your quarterback and people who are going to attack the other team's quarterback so just because the quarterback ain't heavy you can still build a damn good team you know off this year's draft and have a good foundation yeah for sure so yeah moving on to number two the detroit lions select the hometown kid aiden hutchinson out of michigan another edge just to uh tickle grant's fancy place defensive end he does. He stays close to home. He's got a high motor. I think he's going to really fit well. What Dan Campbell wants to do is a guy that loves football, loves the grind, loves the process of it. And guys, good a good culture fit for the Lions and Dan Campbell, who's trying to switch that and get that to a uh, team flipped around. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you, you know, Dylan. I have Aiden Hutchinson. You know, your 2021 Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. And actually, you uh, stole some of the words right off the notes I had. He, he's a culture pick, and he's a guy that Dan Campbell and, you know, Chris Spielman, executive football operations, who they want on their team. High motor. They love the game. They're going to get after it. Because what do the Lions have? The characteristics of their team last year. They didn't quit. They played for 60 minutes, and they, they just didn't give up. And I think, you know, like I was saying, Detroit, their defense was so bad last year because quarterbacks were clean, opposing quarterbacks were clean in the pocket, and you got to attack other teams' quarterbacks, especially in this division. You're playing Aaron Rodgers twice a year. You're playing Kirk Cousins. And who knows if Justin Fields can develop and be a good player. That's six games a year where the other team could put up 30 points 
Um, so I, I think you got to go with Aiden Hutchinson, build that pass rush. And for me, I just kind of thought this the other day, a good pro comparison, I think, is Chris Long, um, defensive end for the St. Louis Rams, you know, Patriots and Eagles. He's a seven attack, seven to ten sack kind of guy, but a team you want on your roster. He's a good, good leader. He's going to work hard. He's going to um, say, hey, this is the standard we have. You know, is he going to be an all pro guy? No, but will he fight for multiple Pro Bowls? Yes. So I think, again, hometown guy, Aiden Hutchinson, number two to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's that's three of us. Um, I think he's perfect for that, like Dylan said. Fits the culture. He's from the town. Can sell some more tickets. Um, but he's just a dog. He absolute beast of a player. He can he's a stud. I mean, you you compared him to Chris Long. I could see like a Trey Hendrickson even for the Bengals, like more recent little uh comparison. But yeah, he's I from what it sounds like, Lions are absolutely infatuated with this kid. Yeah, for sure. And if, yeah, I, I don't even think it's, if, if they, if it goes to like what Ethan and I said, or even with uh, the Jake's taking Neil, like Grant said, I, I think once that pick is announced, I think an Aiden Hutchinson is still available. Jacksonville's just submitting that card right away. And He's then we're going to Detroit or yeah, Detroit. So yeah. They're sprinting to the podium. Like oh. it's going to be opposite when the Vikings missed their pick. So yeah, in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they got Kevin Williams, so that worked out for him, actually. Yeah. 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 It's not a bad guy to have. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go to uh, number three, the Houston Texans. Lovey Smith was hired to be the head coach, defensive guy. And I think they go with the uh, – at the start of the se- college season, the consensus number one pick. I think they take Kayvon Thibodeau. He is uh edge rusher, another edge, three straight edges in this year's draft. He's edge from Oregon. Uh, and Texans, another team, they need everybody. There's not a bad selection here, uh, but he's going to make an instant impact. There's a lot of questions. I, he had some injury issues this year, he missed the Ohio state game. And then, and then there's also other questions that he loves football. I don't, we don't know if that's true or not, but the questions are out there, but when he's on and he's playing good, He's as good as they come, and there was a reason why he would have been the number one pick if they, at the start of this season. Uh, you know, for me, uh, I'm again going to go back to uh, the same position I had with Jacksonville. I think you need to keep a quarterback upright in this league, and I'm going to go with Iki Ikwanu from uh, North Carolina State. You know, because I you pair him in my eyes with Laramie Tunsil, you have your two you, your two bookend tackles. And when you're playing, when you're playing Josh Ann, Josh Allen, and then uh, you know Quiddy Pay and uh, you know Bud Dupree there in Tennessee, six games of the year. Again, you got to keep a quarterback upright. Um, Davis Mills was not a bad player last year. He was know, the best rookie quarterback. He was the best rookie quarterback last year. So Houston, as a, he, they got a good start with him, and if you can just you know keep him upright, you're going in the right direction as a team. And like Dylan said. This team is a mess. They need help. They need help everywhere. And maybe I'm just bullish as a former offensive lineman, but in my eyes, you go quarterback, offensive line, defensive end, because if as a team, if you can't keep your quarterback upright, you're going to lose. Look what happened in the 2021 Super Bowl. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, his pants were probably covered in grass. And uh, we never heard of Frank Clark, Chris Jones, or anyone else on that Chiefs D line because the Bucks shut them down. So I'm going Icky 
Iquanu from North Carolina State for Houston, Texas. Yeah, I went. I went tackle too. I went Evan Neal, so I just flipped it to one and three there. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, see what you got in Davis Mills. Give him, give him that blindside protection. You know, the city can do. I mean, heck, you're not going to win more than four games this year. So even if even if you go draft someone else, like at least next year you're in a position to get another quarterback. If Davis Mills isn't the guy, and you already have his left, you already have his left tackle. So you already got you got, you got that one big benchmark cleared already that. A lot of teams don't have a left tackle. <laughs> I mean, it's probably the second biggest position in football, I'd say. Um, but, yeah, go get him and then, I guess, start the long, long rebuild. All right. And let's uh, – we'll, we'll just go, like, uh, snake style. So, Ethan, let's just go to your uh, number four pick, the Jets. Um, I think this is where it gets a little interesting. I have uh, Sauce Gardner going to the Jets. Um, get their their next Darrell Rivas, essentially. Uh they their defense I mean their team they need a lot I mean they got their quarterback so you can cross that off sounds like they're going to extend their tackle maybe from what I read earlier this week so I mean cross that off so I mean why not go get probably top three player in the draft overall Gardner's a stud yeah he's definitely the best corner and he played alongside another really good corner and it definitely helped but the way I think another reason that could see him going corner too is because I don't have him going corner. I'll let Grant go, but I like that them getting a corner because of the defense that their D coordinator likes to play, whose name is uh well Sala. Trump Sala head coach. Yep. And um he relies more so likes to blitz and goes more relies more on that pass rush. You can get a guy that can lock down your best receiver and shut down one side of the field. That's it's a great pick by uh by the Jets. And yeah, Ethan, uh, you know, great minds think alike. Um, I got him taking sauce too. Like, like he said, he's, he's just, he's a long defender who never gave up a touchdown in his college career. And, uh, you know, people are forgetting Carl Lawson is coming back uh, for the Jets this year off a ruptured Achilles. He had, he was, you know, free agent signing last year yeah. you know, from the Bengals. So they at least have some sort of pass rush coming back. And then, you know, you can get that one guy who's going to shut down the half the one half of the field. And just like his name, I think he's going to bring some sauce to the Jets team because, you know, Robert Sala, he's a high energy. He's an intense guy. He's going to be in your face. I think they need that out of the secondary. So after this pick, I think the Jets are going to say, we struck it rich and uh, we got to shut down corner, uh, you know, for the next 10 years too. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with the, uh, with Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama. I think, I thought they could go receiver here, and that could be a, a part where you start see receivers start to fall off in the draft. But similar to what you guys have said with Jacksonville and Houston, protecting Zach Wilson, getting getting another guy to go uh, go on the opposite side of Mackay Becton, securing those bookends, getting long term protection for Wilson, who did miss a few games because of injury, and protecting him, keeping him upright is for 17 games a year has to be crucial for the Jets. So that's why I went with Neil. Am I back up for five here? Giants? Oh, no. Well, I said snake. So we'll, yeah, oh, we'll so stay. Back to you. Yeah, we'll Go. stay. We'll stay in the Big Apple as the Giants pick. And I got Iki Aquanu, the lineman from NC State. Uh, it's another team with a lot of needs. Dable, first pick, I think, and it's a very important year for Daniel Jones as they 
decide what they want to do with him as they is his fifth year option next not this year but I'm next year to... they should they got to pick it up this year this year because he was drafted in 19 yep yep oh, i don't yeah, i think right. it's sometime in mid-may but they need to decide if they want to pick it up or not okay okay um and if they if they don't oh boy they're in trouble because like you said this is this is a boomer bust and he, he'd be a free agent um after this season, if they don't pick that up. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, that's why I haven't picked any Quanu because I think Dayball understands how important it is to protect his young quarterback and how big of a year it is, of it is for Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah. And, you know, again, you guys, you're seeing a trend with me because uh, I have them going with uh, Charlie Cross, the big offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Uh, again, you got to give Daniel Jones a chance. And then also another player we're kind of not talking about is, you know, Saquon being the first pick for the Giants the year before Daniel Jones in 2018. The, the Giants just have not been, been physical at the line of scrimmage since their last Super Bowl win. And you can't give your quarterback a chance if he's on his back. And you can't give Saquon going if he's, you know, you can't move the ball at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, you brought up Daypool in his first season. If he wants to throw the rock like what he did in Buffalo, you got to keep your quarterback upright. And I looked it up today. Since 2019, when Daniel Jones had been drafted, the Giants have given up 131 sacks. That means your quarterback wow. is on the ground 43 times a year. And you just – you can't win How football games. games like that? That. So over, that divided by three is 43.6 sacks a year so about two and a half sacks two and three quarter sacks a game how has he not missed more time well and here's the thing he has missed time that's the crazy yeah, part yeah but not a ton i i know so you're just going to get your quarterback killed at this point Jeepers. and in, in three years guess what you're going to have the revolving door same thing new gm new head coach everyone's excited in new york but you can't keep your quarterback up upright and it's just going to be the same thing, different day. And they've had the worst record in the league since 2016. Oh, you know, ever since the boat party. The boat party. Um, <laughs> you know, even when, when they had McAdoo in the Cheesecake Factory menu, um, they, <laughs> they just can't win any games. Um, it's okay, so, though. It's the Giants. Who cares? Yeah, yeah nobody sure. cares about New York anyway. So, Well, did you guys see Odell's closet at his Cleveland house? That that's is just bigger, ridiculous. It's bigger, it's bigger than my house. It's probably double the size he, of my house. He was, uh, yeah. And here's my question. Why the hell does a guy have a big house like that in Cleveland? I mean, Cleveland's like the armpit of America. It's a terrible city. Hey, come on now. It was pretty cool when I went there. The dog pound's great. They bark every first down. Hey, people from Ohio, they're they're just not good people. So I don't know why you'd want to build a house in, in that state. But do you, Odell? Do you? <laughs> Uh, I, I did the same thing here. I went tackle Iki, uh, Ikwanu. Uh, protect your assets. I mean, Bar Barkley could be really good, but I mean, he's had no chance, like no blocking. He's constantly hit behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, probably part of why he's always hurt too, but, uh, mm -hmm. just see what he got. I mean, he was your like third, second, third overall pick. Like at some point you got to figure out if he's actually going to do something or not, or just stay hurt or actually help you out so i'm not not even mentioning daniel jones so I, you got to go tackle here just protect your guys yeah oh man panthers uh, i know we don't predict my trades or anything but i feel like this is a spot they could trade back i haven't taken charles cross but they need a quarterback they need a lot of stuff i mean gather picks if you're the panthers at this point like get darnold out of there get his 
success or something, but uh, they need, they need a no tackle too. So I'll go with that. See if they can get some protection for Darnold just to see if he can turn it around. Yeah. You, you know, even I would agree. I, Carolina at this point in the draft, they're thinking we have no hope. I mean, they, they need everything. And uh, I don't really think there's a player that they would want because their biggest need is quarterback. And yeah, you can't wait till next year to, to try to get Stroud or Young continuing at the top of the draft. And guess what? New GM, new head coach. Um, but this year in France, they lost to Son Reddick, a playmaker on defense, and you know who, who's making a bunch of plays. He's a versatile guy who can play multiple spots. So I gave him Trayvon Walker uh, from Georgia. You know, like what you guys said, you both had him as the first pick. But I think just a guy who can play multiple, you know, positions. Um, that's so key, you know, if you can, you know, line up at defensive end or outside linebacker, or even, you know, def defensive tackle, that's just, it only helps so much. And, uh, you know, he just had freaky numbers at the combine, you know, and I think his, his broad jump was higher than Odell's. I, I can't remember everything, but his, his broad jump was higher. His, he had a higher 40. He's just, he just can play so many spots. And I saw a stat this morning, good morning football. Last year, Trayvon Walker played 105 snaps at defensive tackle, 381 at defensive end, 11 at nose tackle, 98 at linebacker, and one snap at corner. So they just they need someone on defense who can change change the game, play multiple spots. And him and Brian Burns together as a combo, getting after the quarterback, that's that's a hell of a combination, I think. Did you say he played a snap at corner? Yes, one snap at corner this year. What the hell? Position versatility, know. my guy. It's what you need. <laughs> and uh, I, this is where I'm. I'm not positive. I don't feel very confident in this pick. But I have the Panthers taking Kenny Pickett, and there is a connection Whoa. between the two. Yes. Whoa, Bill Simmons style. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, Pickett was committed to Temple when Matt Rule was the coach there before he left for Baylor. There is a connection. Oh. Matt Rule might feel that he's coaching for his job, and he feels that drafting a quarterback might give him a little bit more time, which I don't know why people, some coaches still think that, because if you look at other coaches like Matt Nagy, who drafted Justin Fields last year, he's gone. Work. But so I think they go here. I think they at least they draft him. Hard to say if he starts or if he's doesn't or he comes off the bench behind Darnold at some point in the year, but mm -hmm. I think they they go with Pickett, try to get that franchise guy, see what happens. Because at this point, what what else do you do as far as the quarterback? Uh, Got to keep McCaffrey healthy too. But another team, there's a reason why they're always picking at the top of the draft. Is just can never seem to get draft the right guys. Well, and then the we'll, the biggest mistake Carolina ever made was firing Ron Rivera. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's not there's 32 coaches in the NFL, but there's actually 12 leaders, I would say, in the NFL uh, who can lead men and know what they're doing. Um, and Ron Rivera was that. And this new owner, he's just he's a clown who wanted to come in and have his own guy. And they never should have let Ron go because it's just been a sinking ship ever since then. Yeah, there's That's like I still think there's sour grapes from from that because I know when they did it mid season, I think they all knew his time was coming up at the end of the year. But mm -hmm. the fact that they fired him mid season, I don't think it sat well yeah. with a lot of the guys. 
And then there's they, they've got plenty of issues because the practice facility they're building, the construction workers just walked off because there's a labor dispute. So Carolina is just a, a hot mess right now. Love that. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll go back to uh, the Big Apple. Giant Giants are picking, and they now have the sauce. So I don't know what the sign for sauce is. Is that is that it? Because it's not. This is Salt Bay. That's Salt Bay. Okay. I, I don't. I don't know. But yeah, I like I like the Giants taking Sauce Gardner here, best corner in the draft. Uh, Wink Martindale coming over from Baltimore. Uh, he likes the blitz, and he's going to need a corner. I said this with the with the Jets, but he needs a corner though that's going to uh, be able to play man coverage and take away one side of the field. Gardner is that guy, so I think they go with they go with the Sauce, and he's. Just gave up a touchdown to uh, C.D. Lamb. So, well, that's not possible because he didn't give up a touchdown uh, through his college career. And uh, if you got uh, Dak Prescott throwing you the ball, he's probably going to throw it away. So that's that didn't oh, happen. No, uh-uh. um, no, not when they <laughs> not when they play the Giants. And there's a first time for everything. Yeah, because oh. the Giants suck. Um, but the Giants. You know how in my first pick, I had them uh, taken cross because they couldn't protect their quarterback. They also can't get after other teams' quarterbacks. And uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to help change that. And, you know, like you said earlier, I think when you said Houston taking him, there's that question, does he love the game? Is his motor there? Well, I, I think the one hire that no one's talking about this offseason is Andre Patterson being hired as their defensive line coach. And look at the work he did here in Minnesota with Daniil Hunter. I think we could see a similar type um, development with Kayvon because they both have physical traits that are just off the charts. And, you know, when he was on in 2019, he was the best freshman of the year. And, you know, people forget last year when he came, his first game back against UCLA, he took that game over, you know, he's 6'5", 258 pounds. He's long, athletic, lanky. Um, so I think the Giants are going to take him and him and Andre are going to work together to help his career out. And in the last three years, you know, the Giants, they only have 110 sacks. That's 36.6 a season. If you're like you're getting the other team's quarterback twice a year, twice a game, you're not going to win a lot of football games, which they haven't. So they're going to, you're seeing a trend here with me guys to build my team inside out. We're protecting our quarterback and we're attacking the other team's quarterback. And the Giants have done that with both of their picks. I got him. Uh, I'm on the cornerback wagon here too, but I got him taking uh, Derek Stingley. Seems like this, he must have proven himself pretty good at his workout and just shown that he's healthy. And they're really hoping, people are really hoping they're going off his 2019 tape, but uh, mm-hmm. he's shooting up boards right now. Like it's, he's probably the hottest name I saw today. Multiple he's even play at three for the Texans, which is kind of amazing. He could be over, over Gardner, but uh, they must love this kid. They must really think he, I guess, once you have the technique, you just got to get back to it. Maybe that's their thought process. I don't know, but I've seen a lot of chatter for him. So I'm going to go with uh, Stingley for the Giants at seven. And then on to eight, Falcons. Interesting pick. Um, I have him taking the wide receiver, starting the wide receiver on Drake Land or London, excuse me. Uh, also, this is a perfect spot they could trade back in because I don't think Willis is probably good enough to take in the top 10, but you get into the mid teens. Pair him with Mariota for a couple of years. I mean, you're good work. I mean, it's a good offense for him. Um, 
not saying run first, but uh, spread offense type of thing that he pretty much ran at Liberty. But yeah, I haven't been picking Drake London. Just, I mean, uh, Ridley ain't playing. They need something on the outside, outside of uh, Pitts. No, Ethan, again, you know, great minds think alike. We both got a wide receiver for the Falcons, but I'm going with Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. I think he is one of the more explosive players um, in this draft from the wide receiver spot. And we all know the Falcons, the Falcons need help there because with Calvin really suspended, Russell Gage going to Tampa Bay. You have, you know, Kyle Pitts is your number one option right now with, you know, Coriel Patterson. You need another playmaker, another difference maker for this Daryl Smith offense because right now they just Oops. they just have the worst receiving room in the NFL. And you know, they the could Falcons also go coach? pass rush. Was that? Who's the Falcons coach? No, it's Arthur Smith. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> What'd you um, say? Daryl. Daryl Smith. Excuse me. Mm. Arthur Smith. Um, they could also go pass rusher here, but I think since uh, Arthur Smith is the offensive-minded head coach, he's going to get final say, and they're going to go Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Grant. I, I also have have the Falcons taking Garrett Wilson, like you guys said. They have no receivers outside of Kyle Pitts. He's got a strong catch radius, strong hands. He'd be a good fit with Mariota. I think it's a mm-hmm. it's a good pick. Arthur Smith is offensive guy. And that's yeah, I think that's a good pick. And for, could probably go offensive line because they need somebody to protect Mariota too, but I think right now, I think that starts the uh, receiver trend, but we'll go over to the uh, from the southeast to the northwest, the Seahawks. I have them taking a corner, Derek Stingley. Pete Carroll is not shy that he wants to win with defense after trading Russell Wilson. We still don't, they still don't have a quarterback really worth on their roster with Drew Locke. So be curious if that's something they try to go with or might make a trade for a player but I don't know any, any teams that are going to – Seattle would want to trade in the number nine pick for any quarterbacks available. And he's going to be paired with his uh, with a former LSU Tiger and Jamal Adams. Again, you know, Dylan, we're on the same train of thought here, except I'm going to go give Seattle the local, the local kid, Trent McDuffie from Washington. Again, like you said, Pete Carroll, he wants to win with defense – and when this team was at their peak, it was with a lesser quarterback and the best secondary in the NFL. You have Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs at the safety spot. So now they're going to get their other corner, uh, their shutdown corner, who can, again, take away one side of the field. And I think they're just going to go with a local kid from Seattle, you know, someone they know, someone they trust. And like Ethan said, a couple of picks, you know, you know, Stingley, we don't know what's what's wrong with him. Um you know, he was injured a lot. He didn't play that well last year. So I think Seattle, they kind of go with the safer pick and quote and take the local guy from their backyard and uh, Trent McDuffie. Uh, I'm sticking with the defense too and sticking in the Northwest, uh, but I'm going with Kayvon uh, from Oregon. Mm-hmm. They're one of those teams. They have a lot of holes. Um, obviously can't plug them all at once. So go with the DN, get after the pass rusher a little bit, and maybe that'll help the passing defense a little bit. I mean, maybe. Hopefully for them, for their for uh, Pete Carroll's sake, maybe. But yeah, not. you know, you're but you're right, Ethan. Because if your other team's quarterback doesn't have time to throw, then your secondary can't cover. You could have yeah. people forget the league was great, but it was Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, and those guys up front Crazy. getting after it. 
they had to get Dominate. the ball out so quick. Yeah, yep. for sure. Um, and, and, oh, go ahead, Ethan. No, 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 you're good. I was okay. Go well, ahead. I was just gonna say, and the more I thought about it, the thought about switching it because Pete Carroll, for the most part, most of the guys, the secondary guys, they got Sherman, Chancellor, Earl Thomas, not were all back picks. into the draft. They, yeah, you know they they got guys like Michael Bennett, and even though he was a late round pick too, but I think just because they play a lot, they're not doing a lot of man to man coverage it's more of a zone so i think that's why they backed off but i think in recent years the struggles that the seahawks have had i think they want to get back to getting guys that can cover and go with a corner makes sense uh for 10 i went with uh with the jets i went gardner first pick and he's going to be lining up against garrett wilson in practice every day so that would be one heck of a battle to see every day that'd be super fun but uh, yeah, it gives Zach Wilson another Wilson to work with, and uh, maybe the Wilson connection can start a little fire going in, in New York. No, I uh, I like that, Ethan. But uh, for me, with the first pick, you know, I gave the Jets the corner, shuts down one half the field. Well, now again, surprise, we're attacking the other team's quarterback, uh, the Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end from Florida State, the you know ACC defensive player of the year last year. And he was one of the four guys last year in the power five with 12 sacks. He also had two forced fumbles and a fumble recovery, you know, and not only do I like that, he got to the quarterback, but he gave his offense um, possessions with those two forced fumbles and Robert Sala, again, he's going to bring the energy and uh, he's also going to sit back and kind of play that cover three zone that Seattle likes to run. And if you're going to do that, you got to get after the team's quarterback. You know, his best defense in San Francisco was when they had, you know, D Ford, Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa. So you pair Jermaine Johnson with Carl Lawson. You got two guys who can get after it and then make, you know, hopefully make your quarterback hit the ball out early. And then guys, that's when Sauce has his opportunity to make plays on a ball and then um, get another possession for your offense. So I'm going to, like I said, Jermaine Johnson, edge, excuse me, defensive end, Ford State. No, it's it's edge. No, he plays defense. He plays plays defensive end. Uh -uh, Uh-uh. It's 22. It's edge. Uh -uh. Yeah. I so great minds think alike, Grant. Jets, I have them also taking Jermaine Johnson. I had him taking Evan Neal at pick with pick number four. So those two are going to be facing off in practice, having some battles, making each other better. Solid, like you said, defensive guy. Needs to find a ways to get home to the quarterback. And I think Johnson at that point is the best available and that's who they're taking. Mm-hmm. So then we'll go over to your favorite team, the commanders. No, that's just disgusting. Like you should been muted, suspended. It's the Redskins. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying it. Yeah. yeah. So, Cue the Family Guy episode of Thanksgiving when they get together and Quagmire's oh. dad comes over and then, you know, everyone asks the questions, hey, you know, I did, do you miss being a man? And Peter goes, thank you, Chris. Chris goes, Peter, thank you for asking. We can move on. Redskins forever. It's still the Fighting Hawks. It's still the Indians and it's still the Redskins. And that will never change. The Fighting Sioux. Sorry. Fighting Sioux. Fighting Sioux, my bad. Yeah, who cares? It's Grand Forks. True. So... <laughs> Enough with the uh, old nicknames. The Washington Commanders and Ron Rivera 
Uh, Carson Wentz, his new teammate is going to be the safety from Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. They cut Landon Collins. Ron, Ron Revere needs a leader on that backside of the defense. Hamilton provides that. And, yeah, I think Hamil, uh, I, as much as uh, I could see the commanders going receiver here, but I think with Ron Rivera being a defensive-oriented guy, I think they go with Hamilton. Yeah, you know, Dylan, I'm, I'm right there with you. They're, they got to go defense. Um, but I'm giving them Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. Their secondary got absolutely torched last season. And with, you know, the four uh, first-rounders I have on the defensive line, Chase Young coming back from an ACL sweat, and then, you know, Allen and um, Payne, I think that their front four is going to be able to get after it again like they did, you know, in 2020. And you're going to need that corner to shut down, you know, C.D. Lamb and, uh, you know, the NFC NFC East twice a year. When, you know, the amount of man coverage that, you know, Jack Del Rio likes to play, Stingley can be that guy and then he'll have an opportunity to make a play in a ball because that pass rush is going to get home. So they're going to share up that secondary Derek Stingley Jr. LSU. I'm agreeing with Gress here. I have him taking Kyle Hamilton. Um, I'm not really sure why he's not the consensus top five pick he was two months ago. I'm not really sure if that was testing numbers or what, but when you can get a player of this caliber at 11, I think it's hard not to pull the trigger on him. Like I would love if he fell to the Vikings, that'd be great. Pair him with Harrison Smith, but mm-hmm. I, I can't see him falling to 12. I, I think commanders is probably as far as he falls. Yeah. Some of that is, I think because just of the way the game has changed where there's not as much the safety is most of the time, the safeties are coming down as that fourth, third, fourth linebacker. or fifth linebacker yeah. where they're in the middle of the fields, just, not not there where they just like to get the yeah. ball out so fast it takes the safeties out of the game i think that's probably the biggest reason why he falls well yeah and you know because everyone's attacking now this game they're attacking horizontally because mm-hmm. your safety if you, when you got that ball hawk in the middle of the field we're not going to throw at that guy we're gonna you know we got tyreek hill there in miami now look what he did against buffalo on the second to last touchdown the chiefs had in that game he caught the ball five yards past the line of scrimmage, just in front of the linebackers there, and he put the Jets on and made people miss. So I think the way the game has changed, they're not attacking that deep middle anymore, so the safety position is kind of not valid as high as it is. But he, Kyle, he's a he's an absolute freak in nature. I mean, look what he did this year against Florida State when Milton was trying to throw the ball away, and then out of nowhere you see this dude with a helmet. Sprints 30 helmet, yards. Kicked the ball, yeah, 30 yards away. It's just like, that's incredible. So – yeah, you guys are right. He's going to be a hell of a player. Um, you know, so sorry to, uh, you know, interrupt and go, kind of go sideways there. But uh, on to the Vikings now, Ethan? Yeah. Um, I was really hoping one of the either top two corners or Hamilton would fall to him. But we're at a best best player available spot, and it's uh, it's Jamison Williams. You need your replacement for Thielen here. I mean, honestly, it might be next year. That cap, it's not getting any smaller. And he's – I mean, he's great, but he's also – he's not what he used to be either. Pair him with uh, JJ for a couple of years before they both have get paid sixty million a year, and then have fun. I mean, it, that offense would be disgusting. Like, holy hell! Yeah, dude, it's crazy. The Vikings—they're in this spot where I could see them trading up, I could see them staying put, and then I could see personally. Him I want them to trade up. I want them to go get yeah. Stingley. I think they're—they love mm-hmm. this guy, but I—I I think you got to trade up at least to seven to get him. At least, yeah. 
And yeah, when I was making this today, I was like, you know, I think there's three players that the Vikings in my eyes should go after. Um, Sauce, Stingley, and then the player I had the Vikings taking, uh, Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia. I considered it. When you, when the Vikings run defense has been as bad as it was these last couple of years, you need as many big bodies as you can get. And, you know, they're changing the defense up. They're going to the 3-4. I know they signed Harrison Phillips from, uh, you know, Buffalo this offseason. But anytime you can add a guy who's 6'6", 340 pounds, and runs a 4-7-9-40 with an absolute crazy 10-yard split at 1-6-9, it just shows how explosive you are and how you can dominate a game. And, you know, he's he's a two-gap player, so then – you know, Kendricks and then Jordan Hicks can try to make some more plays and don't have these linemen on them. I think you just need as many big bodies as you can in Minnesota. And Jordan Davis is a game changer who will uh, help kind of make this Vikings defense more physical and stop the run like it couldn't these last couple of years. Well, Grant, I think we've got three of the last four picks the same because I too had Jordan Davis, similar to what you said. They've (laughs) struggled even with Zimmer, even when Zimmer had those peak, those good years. They still struggled stopping the run. They're switching over to a 3-4, and they need that guy that can just eat people's lunch, take up blocks, let Barr, Kendricks, other linebackers. and Barr's gone, man. Barr's gone. Oh, is he? Barr's gone. He's gone, yeah. When did he get? He hasn't signed anywhere, but he ain't coming back. They redid his contract last year, so he's a free agent. And, uh, you know, they haven't, they haven't signed him yet. So he's going to be probably one of these June. Well, I don't think anyone signed anyone. No, no so one signed him. him. Just, so, just yeah. like, just like Matthew, I think he's going to be one of these June pickups. The team has after the draft and they, oh. they assess their roster and they're like, well, you know what? We still need a free safety in Tyron, or we still need a, you know, strong side linebacker in a four, three, and they're going to pick a bar in like a one year, you know, $4 million prove it deal. Oh, wow. I completely missed that. He was, mm-hmm. he was bye-bye. So. But, yes, so I, they still need somebody that can eat up blocks. Davis does that. He is just a man amongst boys, just an incredible player. And that's who I think the Vikings do. That's the first step they take to uh, improving their their season from last year. And then we go down to the lovely city of Houston, Texas. The Texans, I have them taking an offensive lineman, Charles Cross, out of Mississippi State. Uh, similar to what we've talked about, another theme of where they defenses move the ends around to uh, strength versus weakness, pair him up with Laramie Tunsil. He's a consistent player, and uh, they need a guy, another guy that can protect Davis Mills. And yep, I'm going to get back on this uh, Kyle Hamilton train here, and I got him going to the uh, the Texans. You know, especially after after you lose Justin Reed and free agency, you know, Lovey Smith is coming. He's taken over. He needs a stalwart on the defensive end. And like Ethan was saying, Kyle, he could, he could be the best player in this draft. He's just a victim of the position he plays, but he's going to control the middle of that field. And then, you know, kind of in that, um, you know, the cover two scheme that Lovey wants to play, you got someone playing center field and then, if they think they can get it past the linebacker in the middle of the field, he's going to come and he's going to thump you. And then if they do get man coverage, he can guard your best team, best the tight end from the other team. And he's just going to, he's a good locker room guy. People in Notre Dame loved him. And also his father played pro basketball in Greece. So he knows how to be a pro. 
you're not going to have to worry about him not knowing how to practice, especially with work with Marcus Freeman last year. So I think Kyle Hamilton uh, is going to help make the Texans defense better for years going forward. Um, well, I'm going, uh, I'm going Jordan Davis. I'm still building up. I did the offensive line first pick for him. Now we're going to go to the defensive line, build the trenches, start the, start the rebuild. That way. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think that'd be a heck of a pick at 13 for, for the Texans. That'd be massive. Mm-hmm. Figuratively and literally. <laughs> uh, 14 Ravens. I, I was tempted to go edge here. Um, just, I mean, they, Lost to Darius Smith, signs of the Vikings, obviously. But I'm going uh, I'm going Trent McDuffie. Uh, their pass defense was absolutely abysmal last year, which is amazing for a Ravens defense, which they seem to be the one of the best defensive teams every year. But uh, just restart that defense back up, get them a pretty, pretty high talent, highly talented kid with a big upside in McDuffie. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, I'm going to – I'm going to go uh, with the, uh, the favorite college team right here, Tyler Linderbaum from the University of Iowa. Last year, they, they lost Bradley Bozeman and free agency. And, you know, Baltimore, they're going to be the same team as they were last year. They're going to be they're going to run. They're going to be physical. You need to have someone in the center of your offense who can control the line of scrimmage. And, you know, that's who Tyler is. He's going to be a 10-year pro, state high school champ in wrestling. He knows how to play with leverage um, and balance. You know, he does need to probably put on 10, 12 pounds because, um, you know, if you put someone above him on the note as a nose, nose tackle, they'll be able to throw him around a little bit. But you just can bring someone in. He's going to have a good 10-year career. Get your offensive line set. And, again, protect Lamar Jackson because you saw what happened to Ravens last year when he hurt his ankle, bruised his ankle. He just – he wasn't the same guy. So I think they're going to have their, their next center for 10 years. And – you know, last time they took an Iowa offensive lineman, Marshall Yonda, it worked out. He's a future Hall of Famer. So I think they go with Linderbaum to um, protect their most important asset in Lamar Jackson. Yeah, for sure. And uh, 10 to 12 pounds, I don't think it'll be too much of a problem because that is the city of crab cakes. You know he's going to get uh, – they're going to take good care of him down over in Baltimore – and I, I, similar to you, Grant, I don't have him taking Linderbaum, but I have him taking Trevor Penning, the offensive lineman out of Northern Iowa. The guy has a mean streak. He's a big dude, 6'7", 330. They need an Orlando Brown replacement after they traded him last year for the, from the Chief to the Chiefs. Lamar Jackson was banged up a lot last year, along with every single other injury they could have had, whether at the running back position. Uh protecting both sides of Lamar Jackson, keeping that pocket upright. Uh, they could have went – I think they could have went de-tackled. I think if Jordan Davis is there, they probably do. But on my mock draft, he's off the board, and Penning is the pick for the Ravens. Then we'll go up a little bit north and go to the city of brotherly love as the Eagles. I have them taking Devontae Wyatt Wyatt. A D, the D tackle out of Georgia, uh, strengthen that front. Him and Fletcher Cox paired together could be a nasty front for the NFC East to face twice a year. So the the, the Eagles they need um, they need to get Jalen Hurts. Uh, they need to get him a weapon, and that is going to be Traylon Burks from the University of Arkansas. You know he's a big receiver, six three, two hundred twenty five pounds. 
you know, he can, he can run any route, you know, he's, he's really smooth in what he's done. And the reason I like trailing here is he played with a similar quarterback in college. You know, you look kind of like a KJ Jefferson with his skill set and the way he plays almost as a runner first, it's going to be very similar to what, uh, you know, what Jalen wants to do. And we'll never forget about the debacle of the Eagles taking Jalen Rager two years ago and then seeing that video of the Vikings saying <laughs> he's that done was a sacrifice. Not that, that was a sacrifice. It was very kind of them. And then you just get that, that look on Zimmer's face, like this dumb son of a bitch. They let just Justin Jefferson have us. Um, <laughs> that, that was, that was, you know, how stupid you have to be. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, so they, they're going to take trailing Burks because, you know, they need, um, they need more explosion on offense and they need to get, they need to get Jalen a weapon. And I think Jalen can be a good quarterback for him. It's just, he needs, he needs the help around him. And, uh, you know, Traylon can do that as that big body. And since he played with someone kind of similar in college, that same offense where it's a run first, you know, mentality, Nick Sereny wants a dog, you know, Traylon's a physical player. When you play for Sam Pittman, you're going to be a physical player and you're going to block as a receiver. So I think he slides well into Philadelphia from Fayetteville. All right. Well, I'm going back to D-line like Gress here, <clears throat> considering they were second in sack rate last year, or second worst, I should say, in sack rate. Going with Jermaine Johnson, uh, Minneapolis' own, or I guess Eden Prairie, technically. But uh, Cake eater. Hey, Eden Prairie's <laughs> not as bad. Let's be real. Um, no, they're, they're still assholes. This they are. I'm not saying you're, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying they're not <laughs> as bad as like a Minnetonka or was that a let's – there's tears. Um, yeah, they're not as small. You know, I, I think Jermaine Johnson's going to be a stud. Um, be pretty pretty damn good pick at 15, good value, considering a lot of people are saying he's a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving down to the city that needs another washing, New Orleans. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to. Uh, we're getting Jameis Winston. <laughs> a weapon. Uh, we're going with Chris Olave. Big time home run threat out of uh, Ohio State. And yeah, I agree. I think Jameis Winston, um, I think he needs some protection. And they're going to get that in Trevor Penning from uh, Northern Iowa. You know, you lose Teron Armstrong to the Dolphins in free agency. And kind of like what Dylan said a couple picks ago, Penning is he is one nasty son of a bitch. Um, And with Dennis Allen coming in, I feel like they're going to change their offense first. Run first, they're going to be physical, get after it. And when you watch Penning's tape, you know, from Northern Iowa and then also at the Senior Bowl, he's just a mean dude. And he's the kind of guy that you want on your team who can be, a, you know, a solid anchor as your left tackle for 10 years. And, uh, you know, Jameis coming off that torn ACL, I think you got to do everything you can in your power to keep him upright. And then Trevor Penning is that guy. You know, again, when you're facing, you know, the, the, those horses there in Tampa Bay, Shaq Barrett, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, and then, um, you know, Brian Burns and then Trayvon Walker in Carolina four times a year. You got to keep a quarterback upright. So Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa. Okay, yeah, and I, I'm going to copy Ethan here and say the uh, Saints take Chris Olave, the receiver out of, out of Ohio State. I think he's probably the best route runner in this draft. Guys just oh, knows easy, how to get open. Easy. And Jameis coming off a torn ACL. Don't know what's going to happen with Michael Thomas as he's injured, wants to be traded. Maybe I don't think he wants to know what he wants. He probably doesn't. No. And 
possibly drafting another Ohio State receiver, be paired with, there might be a uh, get him to stay. So I think they take Olavi, give Jameis some help, and then we'll go over to the West Coast, the other tenant in SoFi Stadium that actually have a first-round pick. The Chargers, I have them taking wide receiver Jamison Williams. Uh, Chargers already have two big guys that can go up and get it in Allen and Williams. Jamison's uh, Williams, he's going to be a little bit a uh, change of pace, quick, and you can put him in the slide. He's going to be coming off an ACL injury, but indications are is that he's going to be ready for training camp. So he's a change of pace. You can put him out of the slot, and he's not going to face as much man press coverage, be able to get open and another good good person to uh, – good target for Justin Herbert. So, you know, as we're talking about the Chargers and their pick, you know, right now they actually just gave up another first down on the ground on defense. <laughs> <laughs> they were awful <laughs> last year. They they need a big body in the middle, and they're going to go with Devontae Wyatt from the University of Georgia. Because, like I said, guys, you know, when you're an NFL defense and you give up five yards of carry, that's just unacceptable. Uh, they lost, I think, the leading tackle on their team last year uh, was Zaire White. I believe he went to Philadelphia. So they just have Kenneth Murray at the linebacker position. And Devontae, he's going to just, again, give more protection to him. Another big another big body in the middle because, again, when you give up five yards of carry, I don't care if you have Jameson Williams, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and Justin Herbert. You're not going to be on the field. You're going to lose eight games a year, and you're going to, you know, just do a Chargers, pull a Chargers and lose the most unimaginable way, which I don't have an issue with because we've won six straight AFC West titles. So to fix that, the uh, the Chargers are going to take Devontae White from Georgia. Uh, to quote Lee Corso, nice pick. Uh, I, I'm going with Devontae Wyatt myself. Uh, their defense was terrible. Or their off defensive line was terrible last year. You pair him with Bosa and Mack, and, I mean, you're looking at a – a pretty all of a sudden just a strength almost. They, they oh, along with Jerry, uh, Jerry Tillery too. Yeah, yeah they don't have people. a whole lot of weaknesses. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL, like one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I guess now we have to go back to the the city city of brotherly love. Um, back to Philly here, and I'm gonna get them their weapon. Might be might be early. I don't know. Christian Watson, big play out of NDSU. Man. Oh, here we go. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Now we're juicy. Yeah, we're, yeah. Well, buys and boys are back, baby. Uh, but no, yeah, we're, we're going with Watson here in the, in the city of brotherly love. Okay. And then I, I am going to stay, stay with, uh, go with the receiver trend, a guy that Grant took with, for the Eagles three picks before that. I have him taken Traylon Burks as well. Uh, scouts have compared him to, uh, they've compared him to AJ Brown, but, he, he likes to compare his game to Debo Samuel. Uh, he's a good route. Uh, he's really good with uh, yards after catch. Uh, you pair him with Jalen Hurts, like Grant, all the things Grant said earlier, getting getting him out, the ball out in space. He's a good good blocker and just a good guy, uh, guy that can help uh, bring Jalen Hurts along to help him hopefully take that next step in year three where he'll still lose to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> It's what people do in Philadelphia. They blow leads like the Sixers are about to blow this 3-0 lead, which makes my heart happy. They Ben Simmons didn't play this year for them, but he was on their roster. So I hope they uh, 
have a terrible ending to their season because Ben Simmons deserves that. Um, but back to football, uh, when the Eagles won their Super Bowl, they got after the quarterback. And, you know, Ethan mentioned earlier, they couldn't do that last year. Uh, I think they, you know, only had, you know, 34 sacks last year. So they're going to go with, is it George Carlitos? Carlitos from, from Purdue? Carlitos. Yeah, yeah they're going with the big, the big guy from Purdue. Because you just look at the Eagles roster on the defensive line. Brandon Graham, he's getting long in the tooth. Fletcher Cox is, Cox is getting a little older and injured. Derek Barnett only had two and a half sacks last season. That's not, not going to cut it. Josh Sweat had seven and a half, but you need more. Um, and then Carlitos, he's that kind of guy. And he just has that attitude when you watch him play at Georgia that not only the people of Philadelphia are going to love, but it's that culture that Nick Sirianni wants. It's that dog mentality. I just hope he uh, won his game in rock, paper, scissors at the combine, because if he didn't, he's going to be taken off the draft board. Um, but again, Philadelphia, they got to get after the quarterback and George is that kind of guy. He's just kind of your Midwestern grinder who's going to work and the people of Philadelphia will love him with that pick. Um, and then with New Orleans, Hey, it's three's company uh, for us. I haven't taken Chris Olave just a late, little later than you guys, but again, they need that deep threat on the offense for Jameis because if there's one thing Jameis loves to do, it's take a shot and go deep. And Michael Thomas, he's not your guy. He likes to catch, you know, your your three yard drag patterns and your shallow cross. And Chris, he's gonna he's gonna change that. I was able to see that in person this year, and wow, that was special. You know, 177 yards against the Gophers, a 38 yard TD, 61 yard TD, um, four two six speed. He's just, he's kind of perfect in that offense. He's going to take the top mm -hmm. off the defense. You got Alvin Kamara catching passes out of the backfield. Hopefully Michael Thomas can come back healthy. And, uh, you know, the Saints offense ain't looking too bad with Chris as your deep threat. And as you said that, Grant, he just scored another touchdown in that building against Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> you up, Chris, or am oh. I? Oh, you can go. Well, I mean, I took a lave for the Saints at 16. Grant took Penning. I'm taking Penning at 19. Uh, nice. Get that left tackle they need, a right tackle, whichever one they want to put him at. But, uh, yeah, get Jameis that protection so he doesn't blow his knee out again. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I have the Saints going defense here. I haven't taken the linebacker out of Utah, Devin Lloyd. Uh, Dennis Allen, defensive guy. And maybe a QB here, depending on what they want to do. But I think they go defense. Lloyd, a guy he can play all three positions at linebacker. Uh, he can rush the passer. He can t cover the tight end in the passing game. He's going to be the leader of that defense for years to come. And then him, yeah, him and Demario Davis. That's that's a nice little duo where you're, you're going to be physical and you're knocking some people off their socks. So I, I I like that pick. Yeah, and definitely a high IQ guy if you're able to play all three linebacker positions. So well, yeah, if you play for Kyle Winningham. You're going to yep. be smart, you're going to be physical, and you're going to know what to do. So that, that's a good pick. So Yeah, and then we'll go over to the Steel City. And I have the Steelers taking a quarterback, a second quarterback of this draft. I haven't taken Desmond Ritter, out of quarterback out of Cincy. Big Ben oh, retiring. Wow. wow, that's a shock. Don't, don't, really have a, don't really have a franchise guy in MVP Mitch. I don't think they're looking at him. I think they look at it as a stopgap year, guy that can kind of fill a role. Uh, very athletic and throw the ball. They have good receivers, good running back around him. And I think he's going to fit well. He could fit well with Canada's offense as they slowly bring him along and they try to find that replacement for big Ben. 
And yeah, when Dylan, oh, yeah. when Dylan was given his take there, uh, Trubisky just threw a pass over the head of Yao Ming once again, because <laughs> um, we all know Mitchell Trubisky is nothing but a bridge quarterback. And I'm on a quarterback train, but I'm going to, again, go with uh, an NFL team with a college team in their backyard and take Kenny Pickett, I think, University of Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Kevin Colbert is going to retire after this draft, and he gets the quarterback for the future, you know, for the Steelers. And then now with your quarterback on a rookie deal, you can pay T.J. Watt like you did last year. You can pay Mika Fitzpatrick. You can build the team around them. And what I like most about Pickett was he's a five-year college player, but he started for three seasons. So he has that in-game experience. He's seen a lot of defenses. And with your head coach of Pat Narduzzi, you're going to have that toughness, kind of a pro-style feel to it. And then I think the Steelers, they're going to hunker down in their backyard and then take Kenny Pickett. I don't know, man. His hand size is pretty small. He might have played his entire college career at Heinz, Heinz Field, but his hands are too small. Yeah, Joe Burrow has small hands, and he's doing just fine. So <laughs> that, that, we okay. can put that to bed. I would put it back here too. Oh, sorry, grass go. Oh, I was gonna say, I think I saw today that there's a website dedicated to uh Kenny things that are smaller than Kenny Pickett's hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Uh but no, I went quarterback too, but I went a different one. I went Malik Willis. Um, literally polar opposite of what they've had in Big Ben, where the dude's literally just like a statue. And there's this kid's athletic. He runs, makes plays off his feet. But uh, I, I don't know. See what happens. I have no idea about the guy. I mean, exciting, I guess, is one way to put it. But other than that, I don't know if we know how his game's going to translate. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of big game experience, but it's. No. Yeah, I, I, people say he's got the highest ceiling in the draft yeah. as far as quarterbacks yeah. go. So, um, get, get so in the yeah, right system, right fit. Yeah, I think, yeah. And, I, and uh, crap, I just totally forgot their coach's name. Um, Tomlin. Wow. Tomlin. Tomlin. He's a good coach. He should be able to maneuver his. I know. How did I forget Tomlin of all people? Uh, yeah, what? what he's, I, three in the morning. He's in back to bed. <laughs> dude, it's, it's almost midnight. I just worked eight hours. Come on, give me a break. But uh, no, whatever sleepy head. It's fine. It's fine. I'm drinking whiskey. We're good. Um, but no, going up to see Mr. Bill Belichick, and I don't think there's a more like Patriots pick, just bland, boring, just Devin Lloyd, just the, the linebacker, just a really good, solid linebacker. But that just seems what the Patriots do. They just pick these guys that turn into studs that are just like there's nothing exciting about it. Again, straight minds think alike with the linebacker spot, but I'm going to Kobe Dean from Georgia. Okay. Um, Hill loves Georgia players. He loves Kirby Smart. You know, besides, you know, Georgia and Alabama players are the two players and teams that um, Belichick loves poaching from the most. And uh, New England, they need some speed on that defense. Look what Buffalo did to them in the playoffs this year. I mean, just absolutely embarrassed them. They didn't belong there. Their, their linebacking room was one of the slowest in the league. And how I mentioned the NFL game has gotten more horizontal. Dante Hightower just can't cut it anymore. So you get Nicobe Dean, a fast guy, very instinctual player. He was the leader of the best defense in college football last year. If Kirby Smart trusts him, Bill Belichick is going to trust Kirby. And then he's going to get, you know, his his next rock in the middle of that defense for 10 years with Dean. And, you know, he's a little smaller, so he's a little faster. And, you know, he can take on those tight ends and those inside receivers across the middle of the field. So Bill, he, like I said, he goes back to his ways, gets that solid inside linebacker. And that defense, again, is going to be top 10 of the league next year. 
Yeah, I, I think the Patriots go defense here as well, but I, I have not taking Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. Uh, they lost Gilmore and J.C. Jackson over the last two seasons. They signed Malcolm Butler and Jalen Mills, and I don't think Belichick looks at the, either of those two as the uh, cornerstone guys in the secondary. Uh, another similar guy that's good uh, Patriot way, uh, he's a really good tackler. He does all the little things right. He's very fundamentally sound, and he's very strong with his technique. I think he's the perfect Patriot for Bel- Belichick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to take us to Green Bay, Chris? Yes. Yes. I had now to we're going to go to the sheet gonna go play with some cheese. We're going to go to the cheese wasteland that is Green Bay, Wisconsin. Why even and- say the name? Yeah, I gotta be somewhat. I, I just feel dirty after you say you that. What a gross yeah, you got some soap. What? Well, yeah, you guys you, says the guy eating cheese. It's so. Yeah, they're not real cheese. They're fake. Yeah, so, idiot. Still got cheese so in his name. It's with a Z, not an S. So I'm okay. Yeah, it's not oh, the same thing. Okay, mm-hmm. is that science? Yeah, that's science. Science. science okay. Bitch. All right. Well, I'm not going to oh, question the science. Reading. So, <laughs> I. I have the team in Wisconsin. I have them taking a receiver because they haven't taken one in since Aaron Rodgers has been drafted. Twenty years. I, Twenty years. First round pick. I have them. I have them taking. No Jahan, the guy hates the organization. Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver out of Penn State, traded Devontae Adams. Receivers right now are Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins. Uh, he's a fast guy. He's quick twitch. He's a very high IQ player, which would definitely help him getting the good graces of Rodgers right away, help him bring him along the playbook. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers do take him. By the end of the year, he's their best receiver. So I have him taking Jahan Dotson and keeping Aaron Rodgers happy mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. That won't last long, I'm guessing, because like you said, it takes a while to get trust in Aaron. But, um, you know, back to the people of Wisconsin, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but they actually bathe in cheese Whiz and use Velveeta as deodorants. Um, <laughs> they don't use the bush light deodorant no no they're not in iowa north dakota for that oh yeah hey guys okay. guys, yeah. Shh, shh. guys who hates wisconsin we all hate wisconsin <laughs> <laughs> uh back to back to business here has anything ever good come out of wisconsin brock jensen no nah, that's respect yeah that's fair that's fair <laughs> national title national ta- national champion respect class with them no big deal um, I'm going to roll with Jamison Williams from Alabama. Again, same, they need a receiver. They need a playmaker. And they need an explosive piece on that offense because when you lose the best receiver in the NFL, Devontae, and, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, you know, a big chunk guy. I'm sorry, but when Alan Lazard is your best receiver, your offense is in trouble. Um, he's just – he's not a guy. So I think they're going to go with Jamison Williams. They're going to get that fast, explosive player. I know he's coming off the ACL, but – these athletes nowadays can recover from ACL injuries like it's nothing. I, you know, Aaron, he hasn't really ever had someone who I think he trusts. He can take the top of the defense off maybe since Randall Cobb when he was healthy, but you know, Jamison, the former Alabama wide receiver just comes in and becomes Aaron's best friend and is the uh, number one receiver for green Bay at the end of the year. I went receiver too. I went with uh, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas uh, I saw some stuff on ESPN today saying they they're not Packers aren't going to take a, a wide receiver till day two, which I think would just be so stupid. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty yeah. obvious you need it. Like at this point, just just draft them somebody. Like get the best player you can at that position because 
you are up there with the Falcons for worst receiving core in the league at this point. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're neck and neck with them. Uh, down to Arizona, uh, down to the, the desert. Um, I have them taken uh, DN George Karloftis. They lose Chandler Jones. I mean, Watt's been hurt a lot lately, last couple of years. I mean, you need someone to kind of get some new blood in there, and that'd be – he's a good one to replace him. He's high energy, productive at Purdue of all places, and pretty solid player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think losing Christian Kirk and uh, just knowing who Cliff Kingsbury is and Kyler Murray, they're going to want to replace that. And uh, I got just Jahan Dutz. You know, out of Penn State, he's again, like Dylan said, twitchy, very and a very explosive receiver. And had he not had the worst eighth year quarterback in Big Ten history and Sean Clifford throwing the ball, he probably would have been a, a higher first round pick. Um, but again, it's just you then you look at this offense when you have DeAndre Hopkins, you know, being your possession guy, getting double teamed, but still catching 80 passes a year. You can combine him with Rondell Moore, that's an explosive group. At this offense, and you know, you throw in, throw in James Conner as well. You know, Arizona, they maybe can start, they can hopefully finish the season the way they start every single one. So they replace Christian Kirk with Dotson, which in my eyes is an upgrade. And they also do this as kind of a PR move to help keep Kyler in Arizona. They say, hey, you know, we've had some bad looks over these last couple months, uh, you know, and, and a, as a relationship. So we're going to get you a nice new fancy toy to uh, stretch the defenses there in the NFC West. And yeah, Grant, I, I too have Arizona going offense, but I have them going with the, the lineman from Texas A&M, Kenyon Green. Uh, the last few years, Murray, at the end of the year, is just his body has been worn down, and it showed in the playoff game. They've made, they've made strides every year he's been in the league, made it to the playoffs, but by the end, his body just seemed worn down. He wasn't he didn't want to run in that playoff game, which is such a key part of his game and why they have success. I think drafting him, keeping him upright is a solution to help keep them and make a deeper run in the playoffs. And we will switch over to the Dallas Cowboys, the Super Bowl 55 champions. And I have them taking a winning, taking and getting a ring in his rookie year. The, a runner-up in the Big Ten, the center out of Iowa, Tyler Linderbaum. Dallas O-line has just not been good the last few years. They're not what they were in those 14 to 16 years when Zach or Zeke and Dak were first in the league. And they got to find a way to uh, shore up that offensive line, make help Zeke do something with his contract rather than just eat. And not in a good way, not yards. <laughs> But I think Zeke's done, but but I they they get their Travis Frederick replacement. He's your day one starter. He's a smart guy, uses his leverage. Like Grant said, he could still probably put on 10 to 15 pounds, but you're in an NFL weight room. Those guys are gonna find ways to put weight on you. So mm-hmm. smart guy uses his leverage really well. Former wrestler. I think Linderbaum steps in and Dallas has their center for the next 10 years. Yeah, and I just want to say, you know, Dylan, as a Cowboy fan, you're one of the more tolerable ones out there. I'm just glad you don't, don't wear think the, that. The, I'm glad you don't wear the jean shorts and have a bad fade haircut like most Cowboy fans do. So we'll let you pass there. But uh, Super hey, Bowl I camps, be confident. 
Hey, Super Bowl champs in the words of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. They might win the NFC East, but they'll lose in the wild card round like they always do. Um, thank you, Mike McCarthy. But hey, look at this. He'll be fired after this year. You'll get Sean Payton as your head coach. And maybe uh, maybe Zim can take a year off and change his defense, and Zim will run that defense. And with uh, with Lawrence and Micah Parsons, I, I like that. I like that team in 2023. But to the 2022 Dallas Cowboys, I'm going Kenny Green. Same with you, Dylan. We need to protect. We need to protect Dak Prescott, and we need to rebuild that offensive line because when Dallas, when they had their years 14, 16, and you know part of 18 there, um, they were running the ball. And you know, my eyes, less Dak, more Zeke, more Tony Pollard. We're going to control the game. We're going to keep our defensive line fresh because we're going to dominate the other team's defensive line. We're going to be physical at the line of scrimmage. And then also with losing Cooper, now that CeeDee Lamb jumps into your number one, can you trust Michael Gallup? Is he going to be healthy for a whole season? Um, we're going to get back to owning the line of scrimmage. You know, Kenyon Green it can be a come in day one starting left guard. You lose Connor Williams. Um, and we're going to, like I said, get back to running the ball, being physical, and um, doing what Dallas did best when they were winning games. Yeah, I did, I did line two. Same guy, same guy, Kenyon Green. No, they need the help. Their interior line's been pretty crap, like Gress said, for a couple of years now. So get some new blood in there, see what happens, and still see Zeke suck, but Pollard will do well. <laughs> I just want him to win. Just make it, I know, at I least know. make it to an NFC championship at this you, point. You got, you, that's fair. I, I respect that. I mean, Vikings made it there, but we'll never win. So it's just, it's whatever. But uh, no, it, it's an exciting time. We're going to go circle the wagons and smash some tables now, guys. The bills are on the clock. Um, yeah. So, yes. No, exciting, isn't it? But uh, honestly, this roster has really no holes. Um, it's the best roster in the NFL. It is, 100%. Not, not even a question. They should have won but, the uh, Super Bowl last year. As a Chiefs fan, yeah. I will say that. But. Fair. You know what? You know, maybe they'll run the ball if they draft Brees Hall. That's what we're going to go with. Let's go. Yes. I mean, hey, I'm right there with you, dude. Brees Hall. I do think see another position to draft, honestly. No, they really don't because they have a great two in Gabriel Davis, Devin Knox. I mean, Tredavious White's coming back, I think, from a torn ACL. you got the two best safety combination. In the NFL, you sign Von Miller to a six-year, $120 million deal. <laughs> Edmonds is one of the best young linebackers in the league. They're going to learn from their mistake last year when they kicked the ball in the end zone there at the end of that playoff game. But I'm with Ethan. I think Brees Hall out of Iowa State. And, you know, this is a culture pick. This is the kind of guy, you know, two years ago when Iowa State went into Austin, Texas and beat Texas, Brees Hall goes, Five-star culture over five-star players. And this is the kind of guy Sean McDermott wants on his roster. Takes a load off of Josh Allen because that's the one thing I think the Bills need. They need a consistent running game so Josh Allen doesn't have to be that guy going forward. And you compare Brees Hall with Devin Singletary, you got a little thunder and lightning combination. And when it gets cold in December, you're not going to want to tackle this guy. He's just he's, – he's got tree trunks for thighs. He's, he's thick. He's physical. He scored a touchdown in 25 straight games. He gets stronger as the game goes on, and he'll actually finally have a competent quarterback outside of the month of October, <laughs> uh, which will help him, I, in my eyes, possibly be um, you know, a rookie of the year finalist. So, again, I like Brees Hall to Buffalo, and I'm actually excited about this pick. 
Yeah. Well, I, that makes three of us. I had Brees Hall too. So I think Grant, you just, we copied each other's notes because I had the same, the same, basically the same thing because it takes a load off Allen's legs in the run game, gives them another dimension on third and short because the last few years, the only play they had on third and short was Josh Allen running the ball and giving him that added dimension. Like you said, he, he's got tree trunks for thighs. He's stronger as the game wears on, especially playing up in Buffalo where the game gets colder. It's going to be tougher to tackle. Yeah. Brees, Brees Hall is the pick here. And I don't think a lot of us are big guy uh, taking running backs in the first round, but with that bills roster, it's a, it's a no brainer slam dunk for, for them to take him. Well, like you said, what else, what other position needs do they have? I don't think they have any. Mm-mm. Yeah, maybe, nope. maybe defensive line, but still, yeah, it's, to your point, it's a yeah, deep, deep, deep defensive, defensive line draft. They could use a defensive tackle, especially after losing Harrison Phillips to Minnesota. And, yeah. you know, they're a little weak and not quite physical against the run as much. Look what the Patriots did to them in December. Um, but that's a throwaway game, though. Yeah, I, you know, 50 mile an hour wins, you know, you throw the tape away and, now we're just reaching for for weeks. Which, which is also another reason why they draft Brees Hall because in that game they didn't have it's a running game man. where the Patriots did. Correct. You give you get Brees Hall running the ball. That that's a different game. The Bills win that game probably oh, by sure. a touch by two possessions. For sure. So we'll go over to the AFC South, the defending AFC South champions, and AFC regular season champion, the Tennessee Titans. I got him taking the edge rusher out of Purdue, George Karloftis. Uh, Their pass rush has improved in previous years, but they're still missing someone to pair with Harold Landry. I think Karloftis is the pick, and I think he's got the upside to help Tennessee possibly take that next step. You know, for me, typically I don't say draft a wide receiver in the first round until your team is complete. And when I look at this Titans team, I think they're a complete team. So we're going Drake London out of USC. Um, you know, you got Derrick Henry coming back from injury, still one of the more solid offensive lines in the NFL. So you're going to be physical at the point of attack there. But you need a number two across from AJ. After Julio got released, you know, they traded for Robert Woods, but he was coming off an ACL injury. You just don't know how he's going to bounce back. So you need you need that deep threat who can – they can take the top off the defense and let AJ dominate the middle of the field like he does and just kind of complete this offense because even, you know, and you sign Robert Woods at tight end, but you know, with Tannehill as your quarterback, you need more pieces around him. He's not going to win you games. So, so if you can have three solid receivers, a good tight end and the best running, one of the best running backs in the NFL, uh, you know, the Titans are looking like a dang good team. Yeah, another team, obviously they're at the bottom half of the draft, bottom third, but another team that doesn't have a whole lot of, I guess, weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I thought about receiver because I don't know. I mean, I don't think A.J. Brown's going anywhere, but these receivers, you never know what the hell they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, But I went to Kobe Dean, linebacker. Just I I feel like it's a very Mike Vrabel slash like Patriots type pick for him. That's kind of, I feel like, how they run their organization. But uh, I think he could come in there and just really solidify that defense for him. Yeah, I think think receiver – the way it's trending where there's just so many good receivers coming in year after year after year, it's almost taking the place of the running back where it's like, we don't have to pay you. We can just get a new guy, recycle him through because they, it's one of the, one of the better, easier positions to adjust to is playing receiver compared to an offensive line, defensive line. 
Mm-hmm. And especially with the rules now, totally favor the receivers. Yeah. There's D-backs. Oh, yeah, and just look at, look at the way these offenses are run these days, how much they get the ball for these guys in space away from coverage on the bubble screens, the yep. tunnel screens. Like I said, you know, your shallow cross is there. It's just, it's easy for a wide receiver to pick up an offense quick and become a pro in this league and be a stud in this league. Excuse me. Yeah. And then we'll go to the, yeah. uh, or yeah, we can go to the down to uh, Florida and I think the bucks, they, they stay in the state of Florida and they pick, uh, I don't, I'm going to butcher his first name, but uh, Care Elam, Kai, Kair. Kair, sure. Kair. Kair, Kair. Thank you, Ethan. I, think, I don't know. Elam, the cornerback out of Florida. The Bucks secondary last year was completely plagued by injuries. I think they lost the guy cup guy or two in free agency. Bring, bring Elam in. He's going to provide depth to that secondary, especially later on in the season. Playoffs wear on. You're going to need that secondary depth. No, dude, I'm right there with you. I was thinking, I was battling between guard and defensive back because, like you said, Tampa Bay was just rocked by injuries last year. And, you know, when you play as much man coverage and you want to be as aggressive as Todd Bowles does, you need a lockdown corner. But they have the ultimate trump card, and that would be number 12 and Tom Brady. When he comes out of retirement for one, probably his last dance, you do everything you can to protect him. And when you lose Alex Kappa to uh, Cincinnati and, you know, Ali Marpet retires, you need to keep him upright. It was the tale of two playoff games last year against the Eagles. Tom had a clean white Jersey. Nobody touched him against the Rams. He was getting harassed all day. Donovan Smith had the worst game of his life. Um, you know, Tristan worse was out. Aaron Donald was getting pressure up the middle. So I'm Zion Johnson, a guard from Boston college comes in. And the best part about that is he can play next to Ryan Jensen. He can learn from him. You can play next to Donovan Smith. You can possibly play next to Tristan Wirth. You have pros who are going to help keep Tom upright and make him happy for his last dance to see if he can get Super Bowl ring number eight. I agree with Grant. Sorry, Dylan. I've agreed with him a lot more than you. So uh, I'm going Zion Johnson. I, losing Marpet, losing the, I think it was our center, right? The other guy that left? Well, Capo was the other guard. Jensen came back. Other guard. Okay, yeah. other guard. Yeah, but yeah, losing two of your three interior guys, like, you got to replace one one of them with a young guy. So yeah, they I think they have almost have to go O line at this point. Yeah, I thought I was uh, considered it. We have to go back to Green Bay, unfortunately. Um, now thinking about it, I probably should have went. Oh yeah, yeah. God damn. Uh, but, uh, yeah, boo. Uh, but I should have went O line. But I went David Ajabo. I mean, they've been known to kind of pick these guys that maybe aren't going to be ready right away, whether it's injury or you pick a quarterback when you have Aaron Rodgers, which still absolutely blows my mind. But uh, Ajabo could be a heck of a player for them. Zadarius Smith's still gone. Uh, I, honestly, I don't even know what they all have, if they sign anyone else for, for edge rusher. But I think Ajabo, given halfway through the year, I think he should, he'd probably be ready to go, I would assume. But yeah, no, to your point, Ethan, they just have Preston Smith and – to have the lesser of the two Smith brothers and Preston benefited because everyone was blocking Kenny Clark on the inside and Dublin Zedarius. So when Preston Smith is your best pass rusher, that isn't great. But I think they go the inside linebacker, Devin Lloyd from Utah, um, to pair him with Devontae Campbell, which, which could be one of the nicer inside linebacker duos mm-hmm. in the NFL. I mean, look at when Tampa won the Super Bowl, Devin White, Le- Levante David, 
you know, Dylan said earlier, Devin, he's just, he's a fast, explosive player. Over these last three seasons, 43 tackles for loss. That's big. You know, when you go from first and 10 to second and 14, and you're playing in someone's backfield and you can gear up that pass rush, you know, it's exactly what you need. And again, like I've said three times today, with this game being so much more horizontally played, you need fast, aggressive linebackers in the middle who can take on these receivers, especially in the NFC, when you got to deal with the Rams, the Niners, what the Bucks like to do. You need linebackers who can make some plays. So I think, you know, Devin Lloyd and um, Devontae Campbell, excuse me, can be a nice little combo. And then Green Bay's got a playmaker on the defensive end. Yeah, Ethan. Oh, ja, bo. One of the best Gus Johnson calls. One of one of the one of a great day of 2021. Probably the best day of that year. Michigan beating Ohio State. I don't have the Packers taking them. I have them staying on the offensive side of the ball. I have them taking somebody who can protect Aaron Rodgers. I have them taking Abraham Lucas, the offensive lineman out of Pullman, Washington State University. Uh Billy Turner left in free agency. The, he needs improvement in the run game, but the Packers don't like running the ball a lot. He's really good in pre- pass protection and uh, good side to a uh, good person to pair, uh, put on the opposite side of Bakhtiari. And then we'll go over to Grant's favorite team, one of the most underrated cities in America, Kansas City. Oh, great barbecue, great place. I got to visit it. In February, it was fun time. Can't wait to go in September. I'm going. We're going in September, baby. Let's roll. We are. All right. Podcast on the road <laughs> from the tailgate lot. I like that. And I, Tyreek Hill was traded. The Chiefs are lacking some guys at the receiver position, so I have them taking the Bison, former Bison, Christian Watson out of NDSU. Got to watch every snap of him as at NDSU so he's a fast guy he had a little bit of trouble earlier in the year or early in his career with drops his last year at NDSU this fall he really improved he did not have a lot of drops he really improved his route running he you saw that progression of just being a guy that could blow blow past you he was really worked on improving his route running and you know, they use him a little bit at running back. He can play it. He's a good returner. If they want to throw him out, out as a spark, I think Christian Watson is the pick to be somewhat of a replacement for Tyreek Hill. I don't know if you can just say, throw somebody in there and say he's Tyreek Hill's replacement, but I think Watson is the guy for the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. Well, to answer your question, no, you can't throw him out there and say they're Tyreek Hill because there is one cheetah and that guy was special. He's fun to watch, you know, for these five years. Um, but you know, I love what Ethan said, podcast in the Truman sports complex. Let's go Chiefs kingdom, baby. But what didn't we do in that playoff game? We didn't get after Joe Burrow enough and we couldn't contain him in the pocket. And, uh, we're going after actually one of kind of my favorite players. He's sneaking up on people. Ethan, this one's for you. Boy, Mafe, defensive end, Minnesota, Minnesota. Minnesota. We just got to get after the quarterback. You know, Frank Clark's been inconsistent these last two years. He had a good 2019 season. Melvin Ingram, he's still a free agent. Don't know if the Chiefs are going to bring him back, which I think they will. Again, like I said earlier, I think that'll be a June free agent signing coming in closer to the year. But they need an explosive um, guy with rare athletic abilities off the edge. And what I like most about Boy is he's gotten better 
every single season over these last three years. You know, this year he had seven and a half sacks. But again, what I love most is those numbers have increased every single season. So he's getting better as a football player. Um, he uses his hands well. And then also last year, drafting Josh Kondobi, oh, a fourth rounder from Florida State. They're both kind of these rare athletic guys who I think the Chiefs can kind of develop and get after quarterbacks in the AFC West. And God knows you need to do it when you play Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and Russell Wilson six times a year. So we're getting after the team's quarterback. Again, we're attacking, attacking, attacking. That's what Spags does. Boy, I'm off at Minnesota. I'm, uh, I'm following with, with Gress here. I'm going wide receiver, but I'm doing uh, Jahan Dotson. I think he's – obviously, like we just mentioned, we can't replace 100% uh, Tyreek Hill, but I think Dotson might be the closest thing in this draft to Tyreek Hill in terms of speed, breaking the breaking the field open, just having that open – the, the skills to actually like, – make those open field misses and break a big one. Did it multiple times at Penn state. And I mean, there's no reason to think you ain't going to do it in the NFL too. Just a mm -hmm. solid, solid receiver that was completely underutilized at Penn state. Well, that's partially because uh, his quarterback couldn't throw the ball, but he's the worst ace year quarterback in college football history. He's <laughs> terrible. He's terrible. But no, we're staying with Kansas city at Let's 30 roll. and, uh, and I'm, I'm staying with uh, the pride of Hopkins, Minnesota, too. I'm going with Boye Mafe at 30. Um, the dude had like a 41-inch vertical. Just his numbers were just stupid. Dominated the, the senior bowl. Uh, honestly, I think he should probably go higher than 30, but I'm not a scout or an NFL GM, so I don't get to make that call. But he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Well, like, we, like, like I said at the start of this podcast, if they don't listen to us, they're not getting smarter, and that's the bed they have to lay in. So – Hair loss. Yeah, and you know what? I'll let him slide to 30. Let's bring him. Let him let him slide to 30. Bring him into that Truman Sports Complex there in Kansas City, Missouri. He can have some good barbecue. Coach Reed is going to, you know, get after him like he always does. Hope, you know, hopefully he calls him up and he's told him what he told to Travis Kelsey when he got drafted. Hey, Travis, are you going to fuck this up? Because I hope you don't, because this is a good opportunity for you. Uh, but at 30, you know, this last pick was for Ethan. Dylan, this one's for you. We're getting Dax Hill. Yeah. The versatile, yeah um, nice. Corner, um, you know, nickel corner safety guy from Michigan. And like you said the other night, he's a versatile player and he's not afraid to tackle. You know, he gets it. He gets after it down at the line of scrimmage. And you need that in today's league where sometimes you only have mm -hmm. two players, um, you know, two linebackers. You need guys who are a little smaller but aren't afraid to get their nose in there and get after it, um, you know, from the corner in the safety position. And then, um, you know, he's just a, a good player. I think we can start to rebuild the secondary with, with him, Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed. Um, just, you know, the position versatility excites me the most. I've said it, you know, a couple of times tonight on different players. If you can play two, three, four different positions, then that's better because we can get more people on the field uh, if you're going from one spot to the other. So Dax Hill, to help the back end in Kansas City. Yes, I'm kind of surprised you didn't go receiver considering we, but we all know Josh Gordon's going to be smoking the devil's lettuce by week two at the latest. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, not to make this a Chiefs podcast, but I trust Andy and I trust Patrick um, to make, to tell McCole, hey, figure this out. You got Juju on a one year deal. MVS signed a three year, $30 million contract. And the Noah Gray last year being drafted the tight end out of Duke. 
And people forget that Chiefs offensive line last year was physical. And we were running the ball in Cincinnati in the first half, and we kind of got away from that. So I, I trust Andy and I trust Patrick to have this offense humming and create plays to get guys open in space. But we need to fix this defense. And uh, like I said, I, I just think Dax and Boy are the two guys to do that. Yeah, I, I too have Dax Hill. Uh, yeah, for all the reasons you said, you know, he's versatile. He can play nickel. He can play safety. Similar to what they did with Tyron Matthew. He's a smart player. You can get your defense into the right checks. And because Kansas City is also known for great barbecue, but their defense is very similar to barbecue and gets roasted a lot the last they get, they get They get smoked. They do, yes. And Dax Hill is also a guy, too, that when you watch, watch, when you watch Michigan play last year, he was a guy – that popped off your TV screen. He was a guy that was making plays. He got on sports center a few times for some interceptions he made. So I think Dax Hill is the play there. Another uh, Wolverine to Kansas city. So we'll move on to the team that the chiefs lost to in the AFC championship, the Cincinnati Bengals and the off season of project protect Joe Burrow at all costs continues i have him taking zion johnson the guard out of boston college he's a little bit raw i think um but uh there there is some questions at left guard on the Bengals. i think that's a spot he can compete at right away and uh provide depth because it's gonna be you know you can never you never know when an injury is going to pop up and keeping Joe Burrow protected. He's already got one ACL tear and finding a way to keep Joe Burrow upright and help improve that run game with Mixon and P Ryan. That's going to be, hopefully can help the Bengals propel them to the next step and win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, the offseason to protect Joe Burrow is still in full effect, but I think they did a good job signing Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa. So I think they're going to go on the other side of the ball and they saw what Aaron Donald and the Rams front did to them. So they're going to continue to attack the other team's quarterback. And they're going to with Arnold Epiketty, the defensive end from Penn state. You have Trey Hendrickson on one end. You have, you know, DJ Raider. He's a nice nose tackle, but you need someone on the other side outside of Trey to get after the quarterback. And, you know, these Penn state guys, they're always long, they're raw, but you know, you can develop this player and then you can have two bookend ends to get after these quarterbacks. Um, because like we said, the Bengals lost the Super Bowl because they couldn't protect theirs. They, they protected theirs with men who have been in this league and they're going to take a young outside edge rusher to continue to attack and get after the opposing team's quarterback with Trey Hendrickson. I'm going defense too, um, but I'm sure up the secondary. I'm going with Kair Elam. Help them, help them out a little bit. They just take their safety. But, uh, I mean, why not? Get a guy that can shut the other receiver down and get the ball back to, to Burrow to do his thing. But I guess I got to finish it now, huh? We're going to yep. uh, going back, back to Detroit. To De- back to Detroit. Yeah, gosh. Got to love that. City, baby. Oh, Great man, state, nothing though. better. Yes. Uh, Actually, there's a lot of things uh, better than that hole. There's yeah, that was definitely sarcasm. Uh, but uh, we're going with a uh, Daxton Hill. We're staying with Michigan's own. Uh, Detroit's gonna just love their Michigan men out of this draft today. Daxton Hill and Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know, Ethan. Did we have the same notes? Because again, Detroit taking another Michigan man. 
Um, but we're going Which with Mr. Stick up for each other is what I'm told. We're going, we're going with Mr. Ajobo. And Ajabo. it's taken Ajabo. Oh, I apologize. It's taken two defensive ends wrong. Absolutely not. Because you cannot attack the opposing team's quarterback enough. And look at what these two men did this year for the Wolverines. Dylan would know firsthand. They just made other teams um games miserable because they got after it on both ends. Dan Campbell, this is who he is. He wants to get after the other team's quarterback. You know what? You might take us down but on the way up. We're going to bite your kneecap. And I think these two Michigan men are just guys who you want on your roster. And again, they're culture picks, which is exactly what, you know, what Detroit needs. They need to change that locker room. And the crazy part is this, they pick again at 34. After getting these two bookends, they could get a guy like Andrew Booth, you know, a good corner from Clemson to help shear up your back end too. So if Detroit can get these picks right, they could have a nice defense here in the first 34 picks and get this team in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. And uh, to wrap up the first round, I have the Lions taking a quarterback, Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. I think he, he was probably one of my favorite players to watch this year. He was, he was exciting to in Lane Kiffin's offense got hurt in the sugar bowl. I think that hurt his stock. I think he would be going higher, but I think there's some questions with his injury, but Detroit, they get that fifth year. Jared Goff, I don't think they're looking at him as a long-term option. Draft a quarterback to get that fifth year, and Corral is that pick. Oh, you're back. That cut out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we lost everything. Oh, my bit. connection is unstable, it says. How about that? You getting more snow? No, no snow. So... We're, we're, we're good on that front. It's melting. That's there we go. great. But that's who, uh, that, that is our mock draft. Hopefully these teams are listening when this we're is doing released. Seven rounds. I have all my notes ready. <laughs> I, I, got got Matt Miller. I got 240 <laughs> picks ready to roll boys. Yeah. Yeah. We're ready to go. Matt Miller's going to look like an idiot Dane, after my mock draft. Dane Brugler Jr. is over here, I guess. So yeah, <laughs> but we're ready to roll. We're going to get all of them right. We got NFL draft. That's, first round exciting it's gonna be uh expect some fireworks and we're gonna end the show with a little bit of fireworks with curveball of the week and this one oh, we're gonna go God. with the worst tv movie character just the guy that you just very punchable just when you see him on the screen it's just you may it makes you cringe just like i just it just frustrates me or like it's just or just in general, just an awful person. And I'll start, and we well, we can do two here. I'll start, and then we'll just go back, similar to what we've been doing the draft, snake style. So I'm going to start, and this is one of the, my favorite shows of all time, Rafi from the league. Just <laughs> the guy, a guy who is, a, I think, a legit war criminal. Not confirmed, but just... The guy, the things that comes out of that guy's mouth, and then he goes with Dirty Randy, and then it just gets even crazier. So I think Rafi is my first pick. So this isn't a TV movie, but it's a movie, and um, that's what I, I mean. Th- I mean TV, oh, TV yeah. show or movie. So I'm gonna, and, and I'm anytime gonna... Rafi, let me or I'll finish here. And anytime you see, you would see Rafi pop up on the league. You knew something was crazy was about to go down. Oh, yeah. Shit was going to get weird. (laughs) 
I, I I'm gonna have to go with Derek from uh, from Step Brothers. Talk about just the <laughs> ultimate douchebag. He's sitting around. They're singing karaoke in the car. His his wife is you know she's flat flat fifteen hundred dollars a week for singing lessons and this is what You're I get. It's just trash. Brother. Yeah, and he's sitting back and he goes talking about how he hasn't had a carb since two thousand and two. Um, Hey, what was that? Are they nice big fish? I, I I lost my train of thought. Sorry for ruining the conversation. Possibly the night, Brennan. Just an he, ultimate tool. <laughs> he missed his mom's wedding. Exactly. You know what yeah. I just he's just just a douchebag, and I can't get on board with that guy. So for, I'll say Derek from uh, from Step Brothers. I guess mine's not a movie, but a TV show. I guess Kim Kardashian. Like she it's is the a terrible person. Kid. On the earth, like you are literally paid to do millions of dollars to literally do nothing with your life. You sit in front of a camera, you put makeup on, and get fake boobs. Like, what the fuck are we paying you for? And like what fake everything. Like what Barbara Walters. Like what Barbara Walters said. Follows you. It's just, it family. makes no sense. Why are we paying these women to literally just make our lives worse? That's a great point. I can't, you know, I want to extend that to the whole Kardashian family. I think they're all worthless. They're just, they're yeah. nasty. They're nasty people. Um, She's probably and, the reason Lamar OD'd. You're probably right. So, which is just a shame. He's a good guy. Um, he means well. But yeah, I'm with you, Ethan. I'm with the whole Kardashian family. They're just nasty, worthless people. They're just a terrible human. Just terrible. <laughs> all right, Ethan, Charles you got Hart another one. Terrible. You have another one? Well, yeah, you got back to back. Oh, God, I had a second. We might have to ditch the snake order here. Grass, since this is your question, you got to go. Okay. Yeah, Uh, man, I got to think this over. This is tough. Another one is, this is a little bit of a different one. This one actually just popped in my head. And it is from the movie. Now, what movie is it now? Oh, Dinner for Schmucks, Steve Carell's character. Just, (laughs) just, just, Just a awkward cringy just a guy that's like you're watching it what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing why are you doing this just leave like just get away this you, movie should have ended the, a long time the, ago insert the you're done here you're yeah done. you're you're, you, done. you're done <laughs> you're done Ooh, so this is kind of an oddball one here i'm gonna go with my uh, one of my favorite shows of all time from mad men uh we got betty draper Good, good, that is a good one. You know, as a wife, she was, she really didn't love her kids. Um, she did not treat Sally well. Um, she, you know, the kid, two, two kids she had with John, she didn't treat well. She was just kind of always just a nasty person towards Don and even Francis towards the end there. And I want to say Matt Weiner, the creator, he did a really nice job of making herself as a character just not like, like, liked at all. Because she really, she didn't care for her family. She was always just condescending. And, you know, January Jones, she's a good actress, but Betty was just not a good person at all. So I'd have to say Betty Draper or Betty Francis, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, I know you guys don't like Grey's Anatomy very much, but Owen from Grey's Anatomy just really just irks me, just grinds my gears. He, everything he touches, he ruins. His, his wife left him, or one, he almost blew his wife up in military. Then they then they divorced. Then he married a different girl. She got brain cancer and was a drug addict. 
they got divorced. And he went back to his first wife. Then they broke up again. So this guy's life is just a disaster. He's just an idiot. And I just, I can't stand him. His kids hate him. It's just, I don't know. And you know, for the record, it's, it's embarrassing. Like at what point do you just give up? And you know, for the record, I, I've never said I dislike Grey's Anatomy. Just never got into it. So I don't have, an, yeah, I don't yeah, have an opinion sorry, on the show. Is, yeah. Owen sucks. And what a stupid name, Owen. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> When I get better equipment, that might go on the soundboard. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but Grant, I know you're a Seinfeld guy, so you might oh, have yeah. an idea of where I'm going with this one. Another just an honorable mention would be mm. Newman. Newman. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was the worst. <laughs> yeah. And he was like just the perfect hateable character, just the way he looked and everything, and just the way his like mannerisms were. It was just and the way just jerry says hello newman hello newman and then just an honorable mention for newman he was going to deliver lunch to mr steinbrenner for george one day and then george sees him in the hallway and he said newman what are you doing shouldn't you be shouldn't you be working out delivering lunch to mr steinbrenner and he goes well i can't work today it's raining outside newman but you're a mailman you deliver people's <laughs> mail in the rain <laughs> you can't stay at home <laughs> you're a mailman <laughs> that was a good one yeah i know yeah newman he is he's just the worst and then the spinning fiasco in season three with angel yeah with uh, <laughs> keith hernandez, yep. keith hernandez. <laughs> the, rogue, uh, oh, the, rogue uh, the daughter from yellowstone i freaking hate her i wouldn't mess with her i mean I w- i'm not saying i would mess with her i just don't like her okay oh, that's, fair. that's fair i think I she's a you know what i'm not gonna say it on here but she's a you know what yeah i went there She's a strong, independent woman. And with that, we will wrap it up and we'll talk to you next week. And we're back. Make sure you tune into next week's episode as we recap our thoughts on the NFL draft, discuss the NBA playoffs, the MLB season, and whatever else we decide to talk about. Make sure you are following us on all of our social media platforms where we will be posting other content. Check out the Three Guys Talking Ball Facebook page, Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3GTB Podcast. That's at 3GTB Podcast, where we will also be posting short clips of the show and other content. You can also check out our Three Guys Talking Ball YouTube page, where we will be posting the full podcast if you want to see the video version. That puts a wrap on this week's episode of the Three Guys Talking Ball Podcast. We'll talk to you next week.